students, what an honor it is to be in front of you all tonight speaking. It is always so, so humbling to be in front of you all, knowing that it is not my words being spoken, but hopefully God's words being spoken through me and into y'all's hearts. I pray that you guys are touched this holiday season because it can be a tough season. We know that it can be filled with a lot of joy at Christmas time and that we can have happiness and excitement and there's a lot of fun stuff going on, but also it can be a time of hardness. It can be a time of struggle. Our hearts can be heavy during this holiday season sometimes with thinking about maybe somebody we're missing, maybe somebody that we wish we could be with this season that we can't be. Maybe we are stressed and we have a lot of anxiety over our tests coming up or big games or big things happening in our lives that just seem crazy and that are muddling the holiday season. Well, students, I'm praying that you can take a moment in this time tonight that we have to take a beat, to take a rest, and to quiet your heart and open your ears and your heart to listen to what God is going to speak to you tonight, hopefully through my words. And students, we learned last week through Nathan's message about the idea that Jesus is our greatest gift, right? We all know that Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is our greatest gift, but also that in the craziness of the Christmas season makes us forget the reason for the season. And I don't want us to lose that. I don't want us to forget this true reason for the season. Because that is so important. Who is the reason for the season? Jesus. Jesus is the reason for this season. And that is so important that we remember that going into these next couple weeks. Bring your heart into the center right now. Remember that. Remember what this season is truly all about. And we have this idea. The gift of Christmas has already been given, right? We know that. That's what Nathan talked about last week, which is so important. The greatest gift has already been given to you guys, and now we just have to accept it. And that's the fun part. The fun part, as fun as it is to see the presents under the tree, that's not the fun part. The fun part is unwrapping it and getting to use those presents, getting to enjoy them, play with them, talk to your friends about them, get excited about those presents. And that's what this is. The gift's already been given to us. Jesus is here. He was born. He was crucified. He was resurrected three days later. It has happened. The gift has been given to us, and now we just get to accept it and enjoy it. But that brings us to this idea of now, how then do we use these gifts? We've been given this gift, this incredible holiday season, to remember that Jesus was born. He was humbly brought before us. So incredible. So now let's think about it to then how can we bring our gifts to others? How can we use the gifts that Jesus has given us to others in this holiday season so that they can also understand that great gift that we've all been given? So good. So excited. So we are going to kind of talk about an unconventional, I would say, Christmas story. This is something that maybe you've heard the story before, but you probably maybe haven't heard it around the holiday season. So I'm going to bring us the story of The feeding the 5,000. I'm sure you guys have all heard it. A boy enters the scene humbly with five loaves and two fish. That's the story. We've all probably heard it if we've grown up in the church. But there's kind of a background to the story. There's only about 12 or so stories in the gospel. So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the account of Jesus' life. There's only about 12 stories that span the four gospels. That includes the birth of Jesus, resurrection, crucifixion, big stories. Those are our lives. That's our, that's our salvation are in all four Gospels. But so is this story. 
The story of feeding the 5,000 is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So don't miss that. Don't miss the importance that that means for all of us of what this story can hold. And also we can see, too, that it can be a whole tangent, but there is a lot of incredible symbolism in this story, realizing that God has provided for us. The way that he provided for the people in Egypt when they cried out for manna, the way that he's provided for each and every one of us opportunities to grow in life, he's provided us with the ability to come to church, to hear about the gospel, to be with friends, to be in this comfortable home that we have here at church that's been given to us. So don't miss that. Um, But we're going to dive into the book of John, that story pulled specifically from the book of John, because what's so special about the John John's story of this part is that it's the only one that mentions the boy, which I think is so important. And all the other gospels, it just says there was five loaves and two fish, but they don't mention who brought those loaves. And I think that's important for us to look at John specifically because this shows us that we are in this story. Don't read the Bible as just something to read, a lot of good rules, something for us to live in. No, like we are in scripture. This is our personal story. This is what we can live and breathe through. So I want to read the story from the book of John. I'm going to jump around a little bit, verses 1 through 15, but place yourself in this story. Bring yourself to the realization that you are the boy in this story. So we're going to dive in, John 6, 1 through 15. It says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he performed. Pause there. Jesus has been doing miracles. He's been in his ministry up until now. He knows he's been telling everybody, this is what's happening. This is who I am. I am the Savior. This is it. He's been performing miracles, and the people who are closest to him are going to doubt him already, even though they've already seen all these miracles, so he's performed. So verse 5, it says, when Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? I love when Jesus asks rhetorical questions. It's my favorite thing. He asks, he asks this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip asked him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each person to have just one bite. Oh, the doubt in his voice. Oh, the doubt in his own disciples' voice that have already been watching him do all these miracles. Jesus himself has been in the presence of the disciples, and they already doubt him. Oh, why? But realize, we are the same way. We look at miracles every day, and we already doubt Jesus. So look at this. Let's look to see. Verse 8 says, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy. You all, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? In another version, it says, but what are they for so many? Verse 10 says, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, totaling up to around 20, somewhere between 15 and 20,000, scholars say. So think about that big number, 20,000 people are sitting here waiting for Jesus. Jesus then looked at the loaves he gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. 
So they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets with pieces of the barley loaves left over. And after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. So think about that. We, we are the boy in the story. We have gifts. We have something in front of us ready to give and ready for the Lord to take, take our leap of faith and feed the thousands from it to perform miracles. We just have to have the faith to give what we already have. And let's look. Let's look to see who the boy is in this story. We know that he is a young boy. That's kind of all we know. He's of working age. And in the Bible and the scriptures, we know that it starts young. Work starts real young. You guys in your schools and your, your cushy your cushy pens and your cushy chairs here, that's not a thing back then. When you were old enough to work, you worked the land. You went there. You studied, but you worked the land. You were with your family. You were helping provide for your family. And so we know that this is a boy who works. He's working for what he is. He walked to find Jesus. He was a part of the crown yearning for more to learn from Jesus. So now we are the boy, like we said. <clears throat> we know that he also had these barley loaves, specifically says barley loaves. And barley is something that only poor families usually used because it was easy, it was cheap, it was pretty easy to come by and easy to use to make stuff. So we have a boy who works hard. He's part of his family. And then we have his knowledge of knowing that he, he's poor. He probably doesn't have a lot. These five loaves that he had, which were probably about this big, other versions say they were small cakes kind of size, if you want to think of it that way. These five loaves and two fish was probably what he was supposed to eat for the whole destination of his journey, however long that was going to be. So he stepped up to the plate with all he had, his five loaves and two fish, which that was what he had, so that was going to fill him, a small boy, and he gave it to Jesus knowing whatever he's going to do, he's giving it away. So he no longer has the food. He was willing to give away what he had, not even realizing the amount of miracle that Jesus was going to do by feeding all of these people. So incredible. So through that faith, he had faith that in, in Jesus' hands, miracles were going to happen. These people were going to be touched. He didn't know what to do. We don't know much more about the boy. But that's what we know, is that he had a little bit, and he was willing to give it to Jesus, knowing that his little bit to give would be a lot. It would be immeasurable in Jesus' hands. So we're going to look at this from an actuality position right here. So we can look at it and say, what then can I do this holiday season? How can I be the boy in someone's life? How can I bring what I already have inside of me to feed the thousands, knowing that Jesus can do amazing things through my faith? So that's what we're going to look at. So giving to others because of Jesus' gift to us. That's our whole purpose. We are giving to others because Christ gave to us. So what do these gifts look like? That's what we're going to dive into. Our first big gift, we have physical gifts that we can bring to others. These are things that actually we can see, we can touch, we can grab. Things that we see in front of us, these physical gifts. And I don't want to sit and think too much about this idea of the money side of things. Because that's not what it's about. I'm aware I, these are, we're middle schoolers. You guys don't have jobs, which is great. Work, study, study the scripture. That is your job. But I also was not an allowance kid growing up. That was not my life. If I needed money, if I wanted something, I earned it. The chores I did, I did lots of things. I, 
Oh, so many things. I did lots of poop scooping from the dog. I did lots of mowing when I was very small and couldn't start the mower. I did all the things I could to earn money to get the different things that I wanted growing up. So I'm not expecting you guys to have actual physical money. That's not what I want you guys to think about when you think of physical gifts. But also, that might be something you guys do have. Think about the toy drive when we talk about gently used coats, things like that. Think about the toys and gifts you guys might have coming in for Christmas. Is there a way that you guys can look through what you already have to maybe start rotating things out, maybe donate some things if there are things that you don't use anymore? You can give them to your siblings. That also would be lovely. What is that one thing that maybe your little sister, little brother has been so excited to see and sees you play with and how much fun is that exciting thing? And you're like, wait, maybe that would bring them joy. Maybe I could give that to them. They could have that joy since I have these other gifts coming in for Christmas. So there are physical things that we can do. But also, Deuteronomy 15, it says, Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. So know that your gifts are not going unnoticed. Jesus recognizes your generous heart. He sees the things when you give. So do these things. I want to keep reminding you guys that you've already been given all you need to bless others. So we're going to think about it in a different way. We're going to check our heart a little bit. That's what my mom used to always, always tell me. She said, check your heart. Make sure when you're giving something, you're not doing it with grumbling hearts because that's the thing. I'm always like, I guess I'll serve. Like, I've worked all this time. I've earned all this money. I guess I'll buy something for somebody else. Instead, be like, wait, I get to do this. It's not an obligation. You get to buy stuff for other people. You get to do stuff for other people. But also, what are some things not buying-wise? What are some things that don't cost money that you can physically do for somebody? You can bring them to church. Physically get them in this building. We are not in your schools. We say that all the time as a middle school team, you'll hear it at church. We cannot step into the schools in the way that you are. You are in your classrooms. You are on your sports teams. You are in the band room. You are at the concerts. You are at the different events. You're at the parties with your friends. We are not. Once they're here, we're excited. We can help take the reins. We can introduce them. We can pull them out and show them scripture. But we can't get them in the building. But you can. You can physically invite your friends. What a gift that is to be able to physically invite your friends to get them into this church. What, what a gift that would be for them. But also there's other things that you can do. There's incredible things with your creativity. What's something that you can make or create? You can write a card. Don't underestimate the amazingness of writing a card. Little does Nathan know for the past couple of years, he is uh, wayward with writing cards. Oh, it's so amazing. He writes so many cards and I have every single one of them saved in my book. Cause I know, I'm like, he spent time doing this. What a gift that is. It is something that I can look back on and see the encouragement from someone I look up to and know that I have that. I have someone in my corner, and that's something you guys can do. Make them a card. Write your friend a note. I love you. Jesus loves you. That's it. That's an encouragement. You never know when they need to see that. So physically get them in this building. These physical gifts are huge. But also we have emotional gifts that we can give to others. Now, boys, don't close your ears because I use the word emotional because that's not what this is about. Emotion is something that you can do for free. It's something that we can do each, every day for free. 
No one is going to make you do it, but it's something that you can learn to do. Create it a habit in your heart. Guys, fill your heart with this idea that we all have the ability here to give the gift of kindness and encouragement to each other. Oh, it's so easy. It is so easy to tell someone you love them, but don't stop there. Don't just say like, oh, I love you. No, say, I love you because of this. I love Nathan as my leader because he is so, so insistent of making sure that his team and all you guys are so loved as students. Amazing. I love Nikki because she brings so much joy in my life because of her fun and vivacious spirit. When I'm feeling down, oh gosh, no one can hang out with Nikki without feeling, feeling a little revved up, feeling ready for the day. That's incredible. These are gifts that they, it, it costs them no money to do these things. So think about it in your heart, students. Look at the big picture. Think of yourself being like, what can I do for my friend to encourage them this holiday season? We don't know what your friends are going through. You do. You guys talk to each other way more than you talk to your adults, way more than you talk to your leaders, your family. You guys know what's going on in each other's hearts. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Go through life realizing that you have this amazing power to change somebody's life through encouragement and through kindness. Oh, it's so important. Don't overlook that emotional gift that we can give to each other because it is so, so important. We have the ability to give the gift of kindness and encouragement to each other, students. Don't forget that. It's free. You have it. Edify each other. That means lift each other up. Big word. That's your, that's your $10 word for the day. Edify each other. Encourage each other. Lift each other up. Make that a part of your habit each and every day of your life. Think of your situations to where you're like, I really wish I had someone encouraging me during this moment. Okay. Turn that around. Encourage somebody else. Create a habit. You know what's going on in each other's life. Pour into each other. What an amazing place that is to be. God places these opportunities in front of us daily. He does. He places these opportunities in front of us daily to be a gift in someone's life. So don't miss out on these opportunities. We talked about that last week, too, that we're all surrounded by these opportunities. We just have to take them. God's presented us with the opportunities already to love each other, to encourage each other, to be there for each other. Oh, they're already there. They are in front of you. God's ready for you to take the reins. So don't miss it. Don't miss out on these opportunities in your life to maybe touch someone's heart this holiday season. Like we said before, it can, be, it can be a time of great joy, the holiday seasons. It really can be. But also, I think all of us can say that sometimes the holidays are a little hard. It's a time of remembering our families, thinking of who we wish was still here. Oh, that's hard. Oh, it's heavy. Who do we wish was around us? Whether it's, whether it's family far away, whether it's not, who knows? But that's what it is. So our final point, we're coming into this idea of we have faith to give to another person. Faith is such a big offering, you guys. And the biggest point of faith is prayer. Oh, it's incredible. So prayer is a gift. And students, don't forget that prayer is powerful. And that is something you guys can do each and every day. Pray for your parents. Pray for your parents. Please, students, pray for them. When it's really hard, when you are angry at your parents because they just aren't understanding what's going on in your mind, 
Just wait, pause and pray. And what a gift that is to your parents, students. Pray for your pastors, pray for your leaders, pray for the people who pour into your hearts because we are always praying for you and things get heavy for your pastors. Things are heavy for your leaders. We want to pray for you guys. So pray for them. Pray for your friends. Pray for your siblings. Please pray for your siblings. They love you. You love them. Don't forget that. When times are hard, you love your siblings. I promise you do. So truly, remember, prayer is a gift, and prayer is powerful. So when you sit in these gifts of faith that has been given to you, remember, prayer is powerful, and it is already there. You already have it. So simply, we're going to make a difference for Jesus. We're going to do this with three, three ways. We have visible gifts inviting someone to church. Visible, things you can visibly see. Clean your room without your parent having to ask you. Amen. That's it. Done. Close the books. Put your dishes away. Right. Shocking. Clean your room. Put your dishes away. When you leave a classroom and there's chairs all over the place and there's stuff all over the ground, help your teachers out. Pick your, pick your stuff up. We have enough teachers who are small group leaders here that I hear that, and oh my gosh, I wish I could just shower our teachers with gifts because of how much they do for their students, stuff you guys don't see. So things like that. What is something visible you can see for somebody that you can do? Clean your room. Clean up the classroom. Make a card for something. Challenge yourself. Look at that. The next thing is we all have special talents. God's already giving you what you need to pour into someone's life this Christmas season. God's giving you the gift of encouragement, of kindness, of happiness, of joy, the fruits of the Spirit, our love, joy, and peace. You have those things because of the relationship you have with Jesus. So use them. Be a, be a joy in someone's life. Be that light in someone's life that they may not use. And finally, prayer. I want you guys to make it a habit, that prayer. Pour into someone's life. Everybody can pray, but not everyone does it. So be the, be, the, be the prayer warrior in someone's life, whether they see it or not. Students, I want you to be fired up this season. I want you to be excited. Don't let anybody underestimate your gifts. Don't let the disciples who followed Jesus, who knew the power Jesus had and still doubted the boy's gift, don't let that in your heart. It's not worth it. Know that God has given you these gifts. And students, I want you to have confidence in the gifts that God has already given you to use. Leave this room fired up. Leave this room ready to go out there and write down your list, being like, I can, I can, whew, I can pour into someone's heart these three ways. I can, I can do this. I have the confidence in the abilities because God's already given, given them to us to do that. And so finally, students, let's look at it. Everyone has a gift they can give back to others to show them love this season. Everyone, circle that, big circle, everyone. Not just your pastors, not just Preston Canner, because he already knows the whole Bible front to back. Oh, Preston, what a warrior you are. No, not just that, not just your leaders, no, you. You, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds, all the way through, you all can make a difference in someone's life this Christmas season by giving them 
by meeting them in their opportunities where they already are. Show others love this season. Be the light in someone's life because you can do that. That's what you can do, students. Leave here fired up. Get ready. It's the holiday season. It's the best time of the year for a lot of people. And we want to bring that on. So be the light in someone's life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that these students truly feel ready to be the light in someone's life. Lord, I pray that you give them the confidence going into this season that they can be a joy, be an encourager, be, be kind to someone, Lord, and lift someone up. Show the light of Jesus in their schools, in their homes. Be prayer warriors. Do this. They can do it, Lord. Lord, I pray that you give them that fire in their heart. I pray that they see who's going to get baptized tonight and be, be inspired by that next step of faith that she's taking because, oh, what amazing stuff it is. Lord, I pray that you are touching the hearts of these students and that they know that they are loved and that they are given the greatest gift already, which is you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.